Welcome back, everybody, to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. I'm just going to cut right to the chase, Kyle. Um, there's no halftime today. First half's college football. Second half is the full NFL preview. Yeah. Uh, we also have our opener and bets, just as yes. we always do. Uh, but a super fun week. It's all football this week. Both of our openers are football. Both of our bets are football. Uh, that's the theme for this week as the NFL oh, yeah. season gets started up here on Thursday. And the college football season, uh, I mean, technically started two weeks ago. But it's really starting to get in the swing with this last week here with every team playing. Uh, no baseball this week. Uh, we'll get back on the baseball grind next week when uh, September races continue to heat up. And uh, we'll talk about that bit more in the next episode but this is episode 52 do you have any favorite 52s it's got to be ray lewis right one of the most exciting players in nfl history i'm going with cleo mack all right that's fair and one of my favorite defensive players of all time uh also was a raider obviously so there is that and in the opener i'm talking about a a Raiders defender that was newly signed. That's KJ Wright, a 10 year vet in the NFL, one time pro bowler, spent the rest of his career completely in Seattle. He's coming over to Las Vegas, says he likes silver and black, and he's uh, he loves to join them. And so we got him on the squad now. Unfortunately, we did have to cut Tanner Muse, uh, third round draft pick linebacker out of Clemson last year. Didn't play a single snap, uh, was hurt all last year, uh, played a good amount in the preseason. But uh, for Tanner Muse, I guess the next step for him is the Seattle practice squad as they signed him today. So uh, KJ Wright goes from Seattle to Las Vegas. And Tanner Muse goes from Las Vegas to Seattle. All right. The actual best thing I saw was the Georgia Clemson game. But that's our first topic. So I'm going to go ahead and take the B story here. That was the Ole Miss-Louisville game from last night. Matt Corral, quarterback from Ole Miss, super twitchy. Man, he reminds me so much of Zach Wilson. Uh, now that I you know, watch him every day as a Jets fan, mm-hmm. uh, I won't get into all that yet so far. But, man, Ole Miss got a really fast defense this year. Uh, four targeting calls in this game. Yeah. It was interesting. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyways, that, that was a great game to watch. That was a blowout, too, for Ole Miss, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. All right. On to where's your head at? And we're talking about Georgia and Clemson first. As uh, we said, the first half is all college football. That was a weird game. Uh, Saturday Mm. night, big game, a lot of hype around it. Five versus three and Georgia wins 10 to three. Clemson doesn't even score a touchdown. We know the Georgia defense is amazing. Mm. We don't know too much about how the Clemson offense is going to do. I assume they're going to put up a lot of points besides this game here because the Georgia defense is so good. But does this win for Georgia and this loss for Clemson tell us more about the Georgia team or the Clemson team? I also like this Georgia team a lot, especially the defense, but this has got to be more about Clemson. You know, the great teams win the games they're supposed to win. I say that all the time. And Clemson was supposed to win this game. You know, we know the Georgia defense is crazy, but JT Daniels did not play well for Georgia. Um, Clemson had way too many chances to go three and out however many times they did five, six times. They just didn't do it. That's that's their worst offensive game in over 20 years, I'm sure. I I saw the stat. Mm-hmm. But I forgot. But yeah, 
Uh, I got to say it means more for Georgia and just in the way that this, like it definitely shows that their defense is a hundred percent legitimate. And I know Clemson has lost a lot of players in the last few years, obviously the big names being Trevor Lawrence and uh, Travis Etienne and uh, Mari Rogers and guys that have been there for a long, long time. Uh, so it's a new regiment for Clemson, but that new regiment isn't like something to just like, Oh, they're new. They shouldn't be performing. It's, Ui Lundalele or whatever his name is, and he's been a top prospect in his class. And they have some great players around him too, and Justin Ross, one of the top wide receivers in the class this year for the draft. And Georgia just like made them look like they were playing against Presbyterian as far as their offense went. And so, I mean, Georgia's defense is legit. I mean, if I want to see Georgia's defense against like an Ohio State, or I don't know if I want to see it against Bama, but I don't know. We'll see. The unfortunate thing about that is that's the game we're going to see, and it's going to most likely wreck Georgia. Yeah, that's true. That's how it goes, though, every year. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, they it, sneak into that four spot, but if Georgia keeps it close in the game versus Bama, though, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how much about that offense in in uh, Georgia, but I mean, if their their defense is going hand in hand with Alabama's, I think it's going to be a very low scoring fun game when that comes around. All right. All righty. Ready yeah. to talk about a whole bunch of other games? Let's go. All right. So Alrighty. the first game I want to talk about, it was number 10, North Carolina at Virginia Tech. It was my layup, did not hit. And I want to talk about this game because, you know, for the longest time this weekend, I was trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I think I finally got it. All right. North Carolina is not a good football team. They're not. They have no weapons. There's a terrible offensive line. Uh, the three-man rush got there in two seconds. But the thing about this team is uh, this is going to be a huge year for Sam Howell. And let me tell you why. There's a reason why most of the top quarterback prospects in the draft came out of small schools. It's because they had to deal with chaos in college. They didn't have to wait until they got to the NFL. So, um if Sam Howell can learn how to deal with this in college, especially as a junior, you know, he might not even leave this year. We don't know. Mm. That could be I huge mean, I for assume him. he does just because yeah. like if you're not a, the greatest situation, you're probably going to want to get out of there as soon as possible. Also the option of making 10 to 15 million is definitely something that he's probably going to say, Hey, yeah, it's pretty enticing. Uh, yeah. I didn't watch too much of this game, uh, but I did have it on when I was working and I saw, I just, I saw it. 14 to nothing, Virginia Tech leading at halftime. And I'm like, this is not UNC. Like, UNC is such a different team. Obviously, Michael Carter and Javante Williams are gone now uh, for them, as well as uh, their top wide receiver. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but all those guys are gone. So, all. Newsome. Yeah, Newsome. Uh, yeah. All their. All their weapons are gone for Sam Howell. So, I mean, he's not like a guy that's going to run around and go crazy. Uh, so you, you kind of have to have those weapons to have a good offense. And he's going to like, maybe he made Javante Williams, and Michael Carter look better than they are, but they're still good players. And, uh, without them, I don't really think UNC is going to amount to much this year. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I agree. It's, good it's, win for this is, this is more about Sam Howell than it is about North Carolina. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next game I want to talk about, it's Ohio state against Minnesota. I thought this game was pretty predictable. Um, CJ Stroud, the young freshman quarterback go. for Ohio State, he's going to be a roller coaster this year. He's going to make us mistakes, but then again, he has the weapons and the potential to just take over 
the NCAA this year, Division One, and I think they're good enough to have a, a Clemson like three year run with these guys. You know, like uh, other than Bama, I think this would be the team. And uh, another note for Minnesota, Ibrahim, uh, their best yeah. player, pretty much. He's yeah. out for the year, which sucks. If they had any chance of being a spoiler in the Big Ten this year, uh, it sucks. But, you know, C.J. Stroud. Another year at Tanner Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Uh, but I, Ohio State's pretty fun. I mean, Ohio State's always fun to watch with the yeah. guys that they have. And their weapons are super fun to watch. I think Chris Olave is probably one of the most fun wide receivers to watch mm-hmm. play. In uh, not just Big Ten, but also in college football and just in general. T.J. Stroud's going to be amazing. Uh, very curious on how that goes in the next few years as far as like Quinn Ewers and what they yeah. decide to do with him. Because it, if Ewers isn't playing by his uh, like legitimate sophomore year, then that's going to be something that he get, looks into the transfer portal. And uh, obviously when there's a number one guy like that, the transfer portal is going to shake things up in the college football uh, in the next couple of years. That's a good point. All right, so the next game is going to be Oklahoma against Tulane. Number two, Oklahoma struggled so bad in this game. Um, the interesting Same thing every year, man. I mean, their yeah. offense can score, but I mean, if you're allowing 35 points to a team like Tulane, you, you're not going to compete with any big, big school, yeah, except well, for maybe Clemson. No. <laughs> the only reason Oklahoma has a chance this year right now, Kyle, is because this game was supposed to be at Tulane, but the hurricane wrecked it all up. They moved this game to Norman, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I think that's the only reason they won this game. Um, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. Radler really scares me. You know, one second he makes crazy throws on the run. The next second he's throwing into triple coverage against Tulane. You know? Yeah, it, I, I think <laughs> so, something with Rattler. He's got some very, like, raw talent. Like, he does a lot mm-hmm. of good things. Uh, and he's a very exciting player to watch in the sense that he's athletic. And he's got a super, super strong arm, but he just makes the same mistakes and throws into double coverage and triple coverage and makes bad throws too often uh, for him to be like a, a very good QB prospect. And he's not like the biggest guy ever either. So, like, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if you're six four, six five, like the strong arm stuff, like that, that's something that you're going to build into and that's what happened with more accurate over time. But yeah. he has to put so much into all of his throws that it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be the best situation there for uh, not just like Oklahoma and their season, but more of Spencer Rattler's uh, future as an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right. And the next game, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. It's Alabama, Miami, Alabama steamrolled them. I just want to point out Bryce Young is a very lucky man. <laughs> Every Alabama quarterback is man. The types of plays called at Alabama. It's either wide open guy down the field or a check down within two seconds. Um, and his quarterback coach is Bill O'Brien. You know, I know, uh, the end of his run in Houston wasn't great, but this is NFL level coaching from a guy who spent a lot of time with Tom Brady. Uh, this guy is going to be special. And Deshaun Watson. He's been a good amount of time with Deshaun too. So, I mean, that's something big. Uh, Bryce Young is going to be amazing. I mean, uh, another like possible three-year run like Trevor Lawrence had in Clemson, Mm -hmm. but I mean, Bama's kind of like their own thing as far as what they have. Because they're always going to have best running backs, the best wide receivers, uh, pretty much in all of the SEC and all of college football. Uh, and they're getting another one of their wide receiver guys like that in John Mechie. Uh, somebody yeah, that was really, the, the really good is, last year, and he's amazing. They're doing all this with probably the worst supporting cast Alabama's had in 10 years. But that's not that bad, though. Exactly. Like, it's still very, yeah. very good. Yeah. 
Brian Robinson Jr. I think the running back's name is. Mm-hmm. He's he's a guy who's going to go high in the NFL draft just because he's an Alabama guy. And he's going to have fresh legs because Alabama, I mean, saw Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris and some other guys in the past few years that since they don't use their guys that much and they're great players, they have very fresh legs and they're able mm-hmm. to stay healthy. A so lot happened with Josh Jacobs. Guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All right. And uh, the last big game I want to talk about is Notre Dame, Florida State. Um, of Crazy course, game. you know, the McKenzie Milton story, you know, if you don't know, the Central Florida quarterback, he was there for their natty air quote run. Um, <laughs> their undefeated season, pretty much. Yeah, until exactly. They played LSU in the, the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the bad injury he hadn't played in forever, uh, which is a great story. But Notre Dame stole the show. Um, the transfer quarterback Jack Cohn from Wisconsin was perfect. Me. He was perfect. Um, and Kyle Hamilton, I'll talk about more him later. Hamilton uh, really fucking Hamilton's good. flying across the field. So uh, great for Notre Dame, great for Mackenzie Milton. Uh, two interesting teams. I don't know yeah, if I I'd could like- say much i like jack cone a lot i think yeah. i mean notre dame always has like a they're able to build a schedule to get to number one if they really wanted to every single year because they can mm-hmm. like just pick and choose their opponents it's not going to be something where like oh they got to play every team in the conference uh when they're not in a conference so they can yeah. really play whoever they want and uh, build the schedule to be number one and maybe is jack cone is he's not a senior is he um you know i, I it's been at least four years, but I don't know the eligibility rules. He might be a, you know, double redshirt junior type thing. Yeah. But, uh, Cause I know Milton's like a, a sixth year senior or something yeah. like that, but I know obviously some crazy injury happened there. Uh-huh. Uh, but Cone, I mean, if they have another year with him, I don't know if this year is their year to like really, really compete, but if they mm-hmm. build up a great schedule next year and they fly through it, they could be serious, like playoff contenders. Yeah. All right. And the last game I want to talk about is Presbyterian against St. Andrews. You're probably wondering, what is this dude talking about? This guy is crazy. Presbyterian won the game 84 to 43. New Presbyterian quarterback, Ren Hefley, the Michigan transfer, threw for 538 yards and 10 touchdowns, a Division I record. I mean... I mean, I know we have the, the next thing on, on our schedule for this episode is talking about the Heisman watch. Mm-hmm. Is that quarterback on your Heisman watch? No. Ah, oh, damn. He's not. How many, how many more 530-yard, 10-touchdown games does he have to be to be, get if on he do, If he has maybe three more games like this, he'll definitely <laughs> be on the list. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, apparently they got a new coach there in Presbyterian who doesn't like to run the ball, doesn't like to punt. So uh, it should so, be like, fun. He's like a Madden coach. Yeah. Basically, 95% of the guys that you play in Madden, that's just, mm-hmm. oh, fourth and eight, send it. Why not? All right. Well, like you said, Kyle, it's time for the Heisman Watch. This is uh, some of the most fun conversations we'll have for the rest of this college football season. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. start off with the honorable mentions. One of them is Jack Cohn, who we just talked about, the new Notre Dame quarterback. We have Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, who, even though may make a lot of mistakes, will still put up some crazy numbers. And Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati quarterback. Kyle loves him. He just misses the top five for me. All right. I like Desmond Ritter a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've talked to you about this for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, something we've talked about on the podcast last year with uh, the Tulane Cincinnati 
rivalry in our sense because we both have our respective players on that yeah. those teams. Tulsa or Tulsa, Tulsa, mm-hmm. not Tulane. Uh, Desmond Ritter is super fun to watch. He had a very easy game. I forget who they were playing, but he Miami of Ohio. Only, he, he didn't throw that many passes. He had yeah. like three touchdown passes and ten in ten total passes. Uh, and this is a big year for Cincinnati because this is. This is a, this is a legitimate chance for them to be maybe a wild card team uh, in in that playoff. I agree. All right, let's get into the top five. So number five, you know, Kyle, I love my defense for Heisman. There's always a couple guys up until maybe week eight that might have a chance. Right now, my guy is going to be Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame safety, six tackles, two interceptions in the win against Florida State. Like I said earlier, he just flew around the field. Mm. And I mean, especially in week one, you have to do something quite special to be on this list in general, mm-hmm. just because it's, I mean, defensive players are something like you can be the best quarter in the league or not league in the nation and yeah. not have any tackles and not have any interceptions in the first game because people just don't target you. And that, that's kind of what I feel like is going to happen with Hamilton. His ability mm-hmm. to fly around the field is going to help him in this because he has the range oh he's not there oh wait yes he is and now he's running another like way. we saw from isaiah simmons yeah exactly and uh i mean i feel like at some point people are gonna realize oh yeah let's just not let's not even think about looking that way yeah all right so my number four guy he didn't have to do a whole lot this week it's gonna be matt Coral from ole miss that's my guy this year you know, he had, and again, like I said, it was a blowout. He didn't pass the ball in the second half. He still had 436 total yards with two touchdowns in the win against Louisville. Man, when this guy gets into those SEC games, man, against LSU, he's going to put up some crazy numbers. Uh, Just wait. LSU ain't shit, though. Especially this it's gonna, year. Especially those wins look good on paper, though. Bro, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Doesn't hurt. All right. Well, my number three guy is going to be C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Good. Freshman quarterback, 294 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, and the win against Minnesota. Another one of those guys who is always going to be productive. Uh, you just got to worry about the interceptions and uh, maybe a couple upset losses. But I'm, I'm not trying to jinx you. I'm just that's the that's the thing that would put him down the board. You know, good, good on Stroud. Yeah, I'm fine right. with that, 100. percent All right, number two, maybe a shocker. We have Texas running back Bijan Robinson. I like this guy. This is, you know, the Leonard Fournette type guy. You know, every couple of years we get a guy who is just way too good to fall in the draft at the running back position and they'll go top five, top 10. Bijan Robinson at 176 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns, the win against Louisiana Lafayette. Just watch out for this guy. I feel like running backs, I mean, yeah, in recent history, they, these like I mean Zeke's been a guy who is like top five, mm. top ten pick. Uh but in like the last three, four years, like we just really haven't seen a lot of the guys go like in the first round necessarily as far as running backs go, just because yeah. there's been a lot of you like, know spread offense type running backs that have gone before the more pro style guys. So that could be a reason. Yeah, but I also feel like the the whole like in the sense of the 32nd best running back in the league. To yeah. the thir- to the first best running back in the league, that gap is not as big as say the best quarterback to the yeah. worst quarterback and the best wide receiver to the worst wide receiver and so forth. I feel like that gap between the best and the worst at the running back position is the smallest, and so teams feel like, hey, 
I mean, we don't need to go draft a guy because we can get somebody that's going to have somewhat similar production at a level below. I mean, if this guy has the godlike production of Zeke in his rookie year or something like yeah. that, or turns into Derrick Henry or CMC, then yeah, I definitely see why. But there is a reason why Najee Harris didn't go until the second round, or I mean, not the second round, the late first round. Yeah. And same thing with uh, ETN, because those both of those guys, especially ETN, is a guy that's super, super dynamic, yeah. not only just helpful in the rushing game, but also in the receiving game. And you would think like a guy like that with his talent. Oh yeah. He's, he's a top 10 type guy pick. And he was even thought about like, Oh yeah, he's going to that spot. Yeah. I, uh, I don't disagree with you, but you know what? He's still a sophomore. We got a whole nother year to argue about it. <laughs> All right. And the number one guy should be obvious here is Alabama quarterback, Bryce young, 344 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions against Miami. Uh, unless he does something really dumb, he's going to be at the top. Yeah. I feel like this year in general, like the best players in college football, especially at quarterback uh, mm. are not the guys that are going to get drafted this year. We got a lot of guys like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, Even though Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> I mean, you have a great game, but yeah, all those guys are super, super young and they're starting to become the faces of college football, which is in a sense good, but also bad uh, since that kind of just makes this year kind of a dry year. Yeah. As far as quarterbacks go. All right, that's going to wrap up my talk. Oh, you got something for the new AP We have the AP poll that came out today. Usually this comes out on Monday, but since the Ole Miss-Louisville game was uh, on Monday, they changed that to today. Uh, let's go through some notables. Uh, 24, North Carolina. They drop, uh, I think it says 14 spots, which mm. is kind of crazy. Uh, Miami at 22, they drop eight spots. Ole Miss goes into the rankings at 20. Virginia Tech goes into the rankings at 19. Wisconsin goes down quite a few after the bad loss to Penn State mm-hmm. to 18. Uh, UCLA jumps into the rankings at 16. Good for them. I like DTR a lot. Yeah. Uh, Texas jumps up quite a bit, goes to 15. Florida uh, to 13. Stays Actually, that's the exact same as what they were before. Uh, Penn State goes up a bit to 11 at pretty much them in Wisconsin kind of flip spots. Iowa and Iowa State go 9 and 10 respectively. Thanks, guys. We're going to talk about that game towards the end of our episode. That should be a super fun one this weekend. The Battle of Iowa always actually produces really, really good games. Notre Dame at 8. Cincinnati at 7. Clemson goes from 3 to 6 this week after the loss to Georgia. Texas A&M moves up one spot, kind of the sleeper in college football this year because nobody's really talking about them that much. They stay or go up to five. Oklahoma goes down two spots to four. Ohio State to three. I kind of wish they flipped Ohio State and Georgia because Georgia is number two. I understand why, though. They're the and team Nick to beat Saban now. and his team yeah. at Alabama is number one. All right. So... You know, I'll get to it later. You, you know, you know how I feel about the Associated Press. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter anymore mm-hmm. since the the college football rankings. Exactly. And you know, BCS system had their had their their you know struggles, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, right. it's it's interesting. Uh, but you ready for the NFL? Let's go. <laughs> All right, so let's just preface this on how we're going to do this. So first off, we're going to go through every single division, 
Uh, we could say the record, what we think that team is going to have, and then uh, what spot they're going to finish. And then after that, after we went through all of that, we're going to go through the playoff uh, teams. Uh, we're not going to go through the playoffs that at that point, uh, but just say who made the playoffs, who didn't, mm-hmm. and what's going on from there. Uh, then we have the award predictions. We have the MVP, O'Roy. Uh, I mean, uh, O'Roy, yes, but O'Poy, yeah. Depoy, O'Roy, D-Roy, uh, comeback player and coach of the year. So got just about everything there. And then we're going to come back and do full playoff predictions through the Super Bowl, obviously. You want to start with the AFC North? Let's do it. All right. All right. It might get a little lengthy here, but I mean, I think everybody's here to listen to this. They are. My last place team in the AFC North is going to be the 5-12 and 12 Bengals. I think they have a decent season for the spots they were in, but just a couple of years out of contention in a very tough division. Yep. I also have the Bengals at 7-10. and 10. Sneak a couple more wins in against the division, but a similar strategy here. Yeah. Third in the division is going to be the Steelers who go eight and nine. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger drops off a little bit. Uh, The defense drops off a little bit as well. I mean, we saw their team last year, obviously get off to that great, uh, I think 11-0 or 12-0 start. And then they just fell off completely. They had the terrible playoff game against the Browns. I don't think it's going to hundred percent linger into this year, but I think we're definitely going to see more of those last five games of the Steelers than we did of the first 11 games last year. Oh yeah. I also have the eight and nine Steelers in third place here. Uh, I think they're going to realize they can't run with Najee Harris every time because their O-line sucks. And then they're going to turn into the second half Steelers of last year. Yeah. Big Ben is just not exciting anymore. I mean, he, he might throw the ball 50 times a game, but every single one of those passes might just be five yard out routes to mm. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Number two in the AFC North, I have the Browns finishing at 12 and five. It's going to be a very good team in Cleveland, uh, but I don't, I don't think they get the division. All right. I have the 10 and seven Ravens. I think uh, they just lose that one game to Cleveland and how my system is set up. My predictions are set up that that game drops them out of the first spot. I have the Ravens winning the AFC North. I think uh, the first, the first part of the year is when they're going to struggle because Bateman's going to be out. I know uh, uh, J.K. Dobbs and, Justice Hill or whatever his name is are both out for the yeah. season with torn ACLs. But once Bateman gets back, once they start get flowing, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards is going to have a big year. Lamar Jackson is going to have a big year and their defense is going to be stellar. And they go 13 and four and win the AFC North. All right. I have the 11 and six Browns winning it. Uh, they go five and one in the division. That's a big part of it. I think Miles Garrett's going to do great things this year. And Baker Mayfield will do his job. A lot of guys are healthy. Should be a fun team to watch. You ready for maybe the least exciting division in all of football, <laughs> the AFC South? No, but let's do it. All righty. Uh, the fourth place team and finishing last place is going to be the Texans. Going to be a rough year. I have them going 2-15. and 15. I have Jacksonville at 2-15. and 15. I think this is the worst team in football. Wow. Uh, I did not expect that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is is not going to do well in this system and maybe even misses a few games here. I, I mean, I could see miss a few games. I mean, it's, it, I don't really know how good their offensive line is going to be, 
Yeah. The worst team in the NFL, that's a bit shocking to me. Uh, write that down. Uh, November, or not November 7th, <laughs> September 7th. Skiller says the Jags are the worst team in the NFL and tank for the first pick once again. My third place team in the AFC South is those Jags. They go 4-13. and 13. They do see encouraging signs from Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. I don't know how long Urban Meyer is going to be there. I want to say that he's out after the season, though. All right. I have the Texans in third place. The only reason I have them above Jacksonville is because they they have a tiebreaker, not a tiebreaker, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going to beat Jacksonville pretty much. It's not going to be a good season for Houston either. And uh, that's why I'm kind of rambling here. There's not much to say about them. They just beat Jacksonville. <laughs> that's it. All righty. Uh, second place team in the AFC South is going to be the Tenants. Six Colts for me. I think this team's going to be a lot better in the second half of the season once Carson Wentz kind of gets his feet under him. And uh, I mean, his foot was also hurt too. So mm. he's got to work on that. Quinn Nelson, same thing. Weird thing is, in this division, I have the Colts going 6 and 0. So they sweep the division, yet they don't win it. I have a very similar strategy here with the Colts 9 and 8. They go 5 and 1 in the division, but it's just a tough out of division schedule for them. And they, they just missed the top spot. My number one spot in the AFC South is obviously going to the Titans. Now the big addition of Julio Jones is what everybody's talking about. Their defense is going to struggle a bit this year, but their offense is so overpowered with the guys that they have. AJ mm-hmm. Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry. I mean, it's kind of sounds weird to say Ryan Tannehill's weapon, but in this past two years he has been, and he's been amazing and he's going to do great this year for them. As long as he stays healthy, 11 and six, they win the division by one game, but I have them losing both games of the Colts and dropping one of them to the Jags in just a fluke game because divisional games happen. Yes, that's uh, true. You don't play your best. And so they go three and three in the division, yet they win the division itself. All right. Titans 11 and six. Um, I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry until he can't go anymore. And that's why you got Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah you know I, i'm kind of curious on how his workload is going to uh, be seen this year i mean he's been fine with the workload every single year that he's had even though he's had the highest workload in the league but i mean at some point they're going to be like hey let's maybe preserve this guy for the rest of his career a little bit uh and then just get into the playoffs and then focus on giving him 40 carries a game all right ready for the afc east yeah my last place team in the AFC East is unfortunately going to be the New York Jets. I think Skyler kind of has this coming too yeah. as well. Uh, five and 12 season, kind of the same thing with the Jags here, except for I think Robert Saul stays uh, for a long time. I think you see some encouraging signs from Zach Wilson, but at the end of the day, this roster is not where it needs to be to be close to a playoff team. That's why they go five and 12. All right. Yeah. Last place. I have the Jets at six and 11, one extra win. Um, there's so many injuries already to this defense. It's it's just tough to uh, see anything else happening here for the Jets. But I do think they'll be more competitive than they were last year, like uh, similar to Cincinnati of last year. Yeah, I actually like Cincinnati a little bit this year. Uh, third place team is going to be the Dolphins for me. I feel like this team, I mean, yeah, they made two great wide receiver additions. Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller are two guys that needed to be there and big weapons for Tua but besides that I mean I don't really see much with this team I don't think Tua is that guy uh their defense while they forced a lot of turnovers this, last year I think that's a was a bit fluky 
Uh, Xavier Howard probably isn't going to be targeted as much as he was last year. Uh, I don't think he's getting anywhere near like eight or nine interceptions is what he had last year. So eight and nine, it seems quite fitting for me. With All right. I have the Dolphins in third place too at nine and eight. Uh, similar reasoning. Tua is not going to do anything crazy, but Brian Flores in that defense is going to win them the games that they should win. Nine and eight. Yeah. I also like Miles Gaston with that team as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I think their offense besides the quarterback position should be decently scary on to the second place team. And that's the Patriots who also go eight and nine, uh, but due to a tiebreaker, they finish above the dolphins just a year early for Mac Jones. I'd say, I think they're going to be a really good team next year. If uh, Mac Jones develops well, I think we're going to see a lot of encouraging signs from him and that team uh, obviously knows Stephon Gilmore for the start of the season. So I have him losing a couple games because of that. But besides that, their defense is always going to be strong. Belichick's a genius on both sides of the ball. That's why I have them going 89. All right. I have the Patriots in second place going 11 and six. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense with a young quarterback, but they just have some really favorable matchups this year, man. And if everything goes right for them, they will win 11 games. Mac Jones will win rookie of the year, you know, all that. And uh, it's hard to say that's not going to happen with Bill Belichick, you know, even as a Jets fan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing that holds them back in New England also is their wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, they have a great tight end core at this point now with John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, but they don't have a true number one. I mean, Nelson Aguilar had a great year last year with the Raiders, but he's not a number one wide receiver type guy. Same thing with Jacoby Myers and obviously Nikhil Harry on his way out or something along those lines. Cause I know he doesn't want to be in new England anymore. And then the first place team for the second straight year mm. is going to be the Buffalo bills. I have them going 12 and five, one of the most well-rounded teams in the AFC. I think they kind of just cake walk through this division. They go five and one in the division and seal that number one spot in the division with a 12 and five record. Also have them five and one in the division, but 14 and three record. Josh Allen's going to make a big case for MVP. We'll get into that a little later, but uh, like you said, it should be a cakewalk if everything goes right. And now our last division in the AFC, the West. I have the Broncos finishing last at six, six and 11. I don't see it with Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I don't see any competitiveness as far as playoff team. Like uh, as some people are saying with this team, uh, their defense is good. Their defense is good. I'll give them that. I just, I drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Really? We think those guys are playoff caliber quarterbacks. I don't think so. Six and 11. All right. Last place for me is going to be the chargers at six and 11. Herbert should progress still, but uh, you know, rookie head coach uh, with not a great defense. Uh, they got some speed, but that's about it. And again, you know, already injuries to some of his weapons on the offense. And we know Eckler got hurt last year too. I just think uh, some things could go wrong for them. Mm -hmm. I have the chargers at third in the division at nine and eight. I feel like uh, just the inconsistency on obviously health is a big problem here for the chargers. Uh, They have a lot of great players. If they stay healthy throughout the whole season, they're going to be a good, a good team and definitely going to be a playoff team. Definitely not winning the division, but a wild card team. But no way. All these players are going to stay healthy. Uh, Keenan Allen's dealt with injuries in the past. Austin Eckler's dealt with injuries in the past just last mm-hmm. year. Derwin James didn't play a game last year. Joey Bosa's been out multiple times in his career. And they're missing a lot of pieces on the defense. Yeah. So, 9-8 and eight in the third spot. 
All right. My third spot is going to be the Raiders at seven and 10, which is tough because I don't think they've regressed. I think the defense has gotten a lot better. The problem is sometimes shit happens. You know, they got a brutal schedule this year. I don't think they'll be bad in the division. I have them three and three, but I just think they got kind of screwed this year. Yeah, that's kind of fair. Uh, we do have a tough schedule, but I have the Raiders finishing second in the division, uh, 10 and seven. The weird thing about the Raiders is they, I feel like they play really well against teams that are supposed to be outmatched to them, mm. but they also play really bad against teams that they should beat the shit out of. And that's just kind of how, I mean, at least in the last five years, the Raiders football is gone. I do have them going 10 and seven. I think the defense improved quite a bit and I'm crossing my fingers to just hope it be average. I just want it to be mm. average. It doesn't have to be great. Just be the 15th best defense in the league. And this is the playoff team because the offense is scary and not only did they pretty much keep just about everybody except for Rodney Hudson, one of the most underrated players in the NFL alone, but they got Kenyon Drake, a guy who's going to give uh, some carries away from, from Josh Jacobs and help out in the receiving core. Uh, so I think it's going to be a good year. All right. And seven. Number two, kind of a shocker. I know Kyle doesn't like it. It's the Broncos at nine and eight. I know what you're saying. I don't think they're a better team than the Raiders. But you know what? They got the last play schedule. They play a bunch of cupcakes. Uh, The defense should be great. And Bridgewater, he's better than Drew Locke. You know, it it can't go much wrong than last year. Much more wrong. Sorry. I don't think it can go much better, though, either. Because they played a pretty shitty schedule last year, and they've finished in last once again. My first place team obviously is going to be the Chiefs. Uh, This team seems quite upset about what happened to them last year and getting killed in the Super Bowl. We've never seen anything like that in this Chiefs regiment. We've always seen at least close games every single time that they've gone out there and played. And to see him just get killed against the Buccaneers, just something's going to be set under that team. And I think they go 17-0. I think they, they run the table. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about the playoffs, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. eventually here. But 17-0 in the regular season, obviously 6-0 in the division, and they just beat the shit out of everybody the whole year. I think it is also going to be a magical year for Kansas City. I haven't going 15-2. and two. That one loss against the Raiders, that seems to happen. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, again, we'll talk about it later, but it's going to be a crazy year for Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, we'll also see more of that uh, indicated in my award predictions as far mm-hmm. as what's going on with them. Uh, on to the NFC, though, shall we? All right. NFC North first. The Lions are my last place team in the NFC North going 2-15. and 15. They're going to suck this year. Jared Goff, I somewhat feel bad for him because, uh, you know, you got to go from sunny LA to shitty Detroit, play in a mm-hmm. shitty state. Or, I mean, the stadium isn't that bad. And they got a dome, at least. Good. That's true. At least they do have a dome. Uh, but the Lions suck. Their defense sucks. Their coach is on crack or some shit like that. I mean, he's a crazy dude. Uh, so two and 15 for the Lions. Yeah, I have the Lions in last place, three and 14. I see the potential. I see it. But there's, there's, it's just not the year to show the potential. I'm not saying it's the year to, you know, go on a crazy run or anything, but we already seen Penny Sewell have some really bad preseason games at right tackle seeing Deandre Swift deal with injuries, uh, Jared Goff in a system that's not made for him could be trouble. Yeah. And the loss of Kenny Galladay mm. and Marvin Jones. Yes. Uh, so that's not going to go too well for them. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, though. He is there. So uh, there you go. And Tyrell Williams. There. Yeah. Uh, next up, I think it's going to be a very, very disappointing season for the Vikings. Uh, I think their offense is going to take a big step off in the way of Kirk Cousins. I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a good year while they're early in games and, and winning some games. Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to rack up a shit ton of yards because he's a special wide receiver. Adam Thielen's going to fall off a little bit. Obviously, no Irv Smith, so Chris Herndon is going to be on that team. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really expect much from him. Their defense is where it scares me a lot. I know they got Pat Pete, but a lot of the guys are gone from that original regiment that they had that were together for five, six years uh, and were playoff teams. And with that being gone, I think it's a 5-12 and 12 season for Minnesota. All right. I have uh six and 11 for the Vikings in third place. I think uh, having Detroit and uh, you know, kind of confusing Chicago team will help steal a win or two, but it, yeah, it's a very similar situation. I think this might be the last year for Kirk cousins. Um, it's just so much drama with this team already, especially the Everson Griffin stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than Dalvin cook, it's going to be rough for Minnesota. Justin Jefferson too. Don't forget him. Cause he is, that dude's scary good. Uh, second place team in the NFC North is going to be the Bears for me. I think Justin Fields is going to have a, a strong rookie campaign. Uh, a nine and eight team. Uh, they have a decently tough schedule with the guys that they got to play on the road. Uh, and with a rookie quarterback, it's you kind of see those games be dropped more often than not. They do good in the division, going five and one, but it's a nine and eight season for the Bears for me. Mm, I have the Bears also. In second place, eight and nine for them. I think Justin Fields should be starting by week two or three. And then after that, they'll play some 500 ball just because, uh, I don't know. I feel like Matt Nagy doesn't really know oh, how, to, yeah, how, to no, use, how to use a guy like Justin Fields. So, yes, yeah. uh, I, I can see that. <laughs> He's never really had anything close to a guy like Justin uh-huh. Fields and his talent. I think Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the draft. I've been super high on him for a long, long time. Uh, and I think he's going to end up being the best quarterback in this year's draft. I or can say he's draft, the second best. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, but Justin Fields is so fun to watch. Uh, just not their year right now. Uh, but we'll, we'll see in the future. Who knows? Number one spot, though, I have the Packers. 10 and 7. So not a crazy good year for Aaron yeah. Rodgers and company, but it's a good year. It's a year that they win the division once again. Uh, the defense takes a step down, but Jair Alexander continues to be the menace that he is on uh, the defensive back position for them. I think they score a lot of points. I think they give up a good amount of points. I think they win a division 10 7. Yeah. Green Bay um, is interesting because right now I have them at 12 and 5, and that is if they are, you know, being real about this last dance thing and they're going to you know, put all the differences behind them and just try to try to win one last championship. Mm. Uh, and if they're all on the same page, they should have a great year. I'm kind of hesitant, but I'm going to give it to them right now. Give them the, uh, the kind uh, push of a 12 and five season. There we go. All right. On to the NFC South and the last place team for me is going to be the Falcons. Mm. I think this is kind of, it's seen by a lot of people. Uh, this team is not what it used to be when they made it to the Super Bowl. Julio's gone now. Matt Ryan's kind of just in, 
he's in a very weird spot because they kind of just have to keep him. Like no matter what he does, like they're paying him so much money that he just has to be there. Kyle Pitts is going to be fun to watch. Calvin Ridley is going to be fun to watch. Their defense is not going to be fun to watch. And I think they go three and 14. Falcons four and 13. Uh, You could tell they're in purgatory right now. Uh, You can Mm -hmm. see some of the moves they've been making. They're trying to start the rebuild, but they can't do it yet because Matt Ryan and some other guys are still there. Third place team for me is going to be the New Orleans Saints. I think it's a relatively disappointing year for the Saints as they go eight and nine. Michael Thomas has another year on the shelf. Uh, This is kind of all on Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston, if he's great, this team can be a legitimate NFC contender. If he's bad, they can be a legitimate NFC seller. So I'm going right in the middle. I think he's going to win a couple games for them, but I think he's also going to lose a couple games for them. And eight and nine seems very fitting for me. All right. Uh, I have the Panthers third at seven and 10. I don't trust Sam Darnold at all. McCaffrey's coming off a big injury and this is still a really young team. I just think they're a couple years away still. It's, it's just tough. I gave the edge, uh, not the edge, the edge to the saints here and the, uh, Second place spot. Yeah, one of my somewhat surprised teams is actually going to be the Panthers. I like their roster a lot. I mean, it all obviously depends on if Sam Darnold can uh, be decent at football. Because uh, we've, we've seen Sam Darnold. I mean, I know you have seen Sam Darnold more than me, obviously. But he yes. has some plays where it's like, oh, shit. Like, this guy can make plays. But he also has a lot of times where it's like, oh, shit. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, but, I mean, if the rest of their offense stays healthy... CMC is going to rely or just be so damn good for them that it's like, like he's going to give them that pretty much winning record. And the defense is super, super young. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with them. I think they're going to have an above average defense, but not like that, that top eight range. So nine and eight and second spot in the division for me while going five and one in the division. All right. I'm going with the saints here at the two spot nine and eight. Because I, you know, not all the reason here, but I trust Jameis more than I trust Sam Darnold. Maybe surprising to some of you, but I watched three years of Sam Darnold. Um, and that's not even that's not even it. Obviously, the Saints don't have Christian McCaffrey, but they do have Alvin Kamara. They have a lot close. of uh, a Taysom Hill guy who can do anything. More guys on the offense. Even, you know, Cam Johnson on the defense. He's getting old, but he's still due for another Pro Bowl year. Lattimore is hoping to uh, clear his name. <laughs> and it's yeah, just it needs to get good. You know, I just feel like the Saints are going to be flying around this year, and Carolina's defense is going to be disciplined enough. That's fair. First place team for me, obviously going to be the Buccaneers. I yeah. think it's a relatively disappointing regular season at fourteen and three. I mean, it kind of sounds funny that a fourteen and three season is somewhat disappointing because, but I mean, they are the Super Bowl team that won last year. They have all twenty-two starters returning. Uh, I think they drop a couple of games in the regular season. They probably shouldn't have uh, one of those being the last uh, 17 or last week, 18 game against the, the Panthers, uh, but they go 14 and three. And I think we have a little bit of breaking news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Garrett Cole is going on IL with the left hamstring strain. Uh, for the Yankees, kind of completely random. I just got yeah. that tweet though from Bob Nightingale. I was like, "Oh Bob boy, who just tore their ACL in camp?" <laughs> Bob is sometimes wrong, so I'm not going to 100 percent trust him. Uh, but if Garrett Cole goes on the IL, say so he found it out here on Immaculate Sports uh, via yeah. Bob. 
All right. All right. That, uh, <laughs> Your first place team, the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Bucks, fourteen and three. Just because I couldn't really think of who they dropped to, but I agree they're going to lose some games they shouldn't. Just because they're, I feel like they don't really care about the regular season right now. If that's yeah, makes any sense the to division. you, I think that's all that matters. For them. Yeah, so win I the can division, see them, they're fine. Uh, more like a ten or eleven win team, which I don't mm-hmm. think you should drop them, but uh, I just. I feel like it's more realistic. They'll have some more guys take days off. Days off. Yeah. It's kind of funny, yeah. uh, but they're a team that can actually do that with Yeah, just how deep they are in, in total. NFC East time. All this right. is chaotic. I have the whole NFC East one through four being within one game. So the last place team is the New York giants at six and 11. I think the Giants uh, just don't really have it with Daniel Jones. Uh, so you don't have a quarterback. You don't win a lot of games. Simple All as that. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. 6-11, by the way. Okay. I, I don't know if I said that. Right. Yeah, you did. Uh, Eagles 5-12. and 12. I don't trust one thing about this Eagles team. There's uh, still drama with Zach Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is not a good quarterback, and we're, we're going to see Gardner Minshew this year. Um, the defense has gotten older and older as the years go on. Uh, they're the last place team here. At the third place, I have the Eagles. I think the Eagles are actually the worst team in this division, but I think they're going to mm. find a way to be even up with the Giants and uh, one other team just because of the sole fact it's the NFC East and weird stuff tends to happen in this division. And teams winning the division have a tendency to lose games to the Eagles. So while they have the best record in the division at four and two, I think they go six and 11. All right. Third place for me is going to be the giants at eight and nine. I think Saquon back is going to help them a lot. I don't think Danny Jones is the guy, but it's going to prolong his tenure with the giants because Saquon's going to have a baller year this year. My second place team in the division is going to be the Washington football team at seven and 10. I see a lot of like similarities to the Giants in this team and the way that they have a lot of exciting playmakers. Antonio Gibson's exciting. Uh, Terry McCorland's exciting. Uh, what's his name? Curtis Samuel's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas is a, a very strong tight end. Same thing with the Giants. I mean, Saquon, Kenny Galladay. I mean, you could, I guess, put Evan and Grimm in that category as well as exciting. But the quarterback is just like, what do you guys do in the offseason? Like, I mean, sure, Taylor Henneke had a good game against the Buccaneers in the playoffs, but is he really going to be your starting quarterback for half the season? Are you going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, what are you going to do here? Uh, Once again, also very good defense, but no quarterback, no good football. Seven and ten. I also have Washington in the two spot. Nine and eight. They're going to be in the first place spot. Two weeks left to go in the season, and Fitzpatrick is going to Fitzpatrick it up like he does everywhere he goes. Uh, they're going to choke at the end. Defense is going to play great, but it's Fitzpatrick. He can't get it done in January. Damn. That makes me sad. Uh, but first place, I have a 7-10 and 10 Cowboys. I mean, <laughs> uh, their defense sucks. I, I mean, sure, it's slightly improved, but I mean, slightly improved from 31st to 30s. 30th is not going to be too much. And the reason that they have them winning this division is because they have a quarterback and mm-hmm. they have a good quarterback and they have a lot of good weapons on offense. 
I just see a lot of one-dimensional teams in this whole division. So the seven and ten winner doesn't seem that off to me, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. I agree with you, but I have Dallas winning ten games in the division. Like you said, it's all Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I think three and three for a divisional record for all these teams is not far off. Mm-hmm. But I think the Cowboys. Um, they just match up better. Like you said, a lot of one-dimensional teams, but Dallas is the one team that's at least trying to fix that. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think, I know the Kenny Galladay signing is big. Curtis Samuel signing is big, but uh, it's hard to go against Prescott and, you know, the rookies they brought on the defense there in Dallas. That's true. On to the NFC West. And the weird thing about the NFC East and the NFC West is that they are two of the most competitive divisions that they are. For yeah, the one wrong is the reasons. worst division in football, <laughs> and one is the best division in football, and that's NFC West. My last place team finishes with a nine and eight record in the NFC West. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think they're a very good team. I think the Cardinals are a fun team. They're my sleeper team last year. Uh, Kyler Murray and D Hop are a great combo. The defense is solid. Uh, I know they signed Malcolm Butler, but he's retired now. Kind of weird situation going on there. I think if they were in another division, they'd win the division, uh, such as if they were in the NFC East, they'd win the division. But uh, nine and eight, not a terrible season for the Cardinals, but just not as good as these other teams in their division. Mm, I have the Niners, also nine and eight in last place. They go one and five in the division, and that uh, kills them for the tiebreaker. Uh, I think they're going to hang on to Jimmy a little too long because it's probably the right thing to do, but it's still Jimmy Garoppolo who's going to make a lot of mistakes. And the injury bug always hits the Niners. Yeah, that's true. Uh, On to the third-place team, and I'm going with the Seahawks. Uh, 11 and 6 is going to be a a good year for Seattle. They've done this weird thing in Seattle where they just – stay the exact same every single year and just end up being first round exits every single year, ever since, uh, was it, I think Aaron Rodgers or somebody took him down or something like that. Some, something weird like that, but, uh, yeah, I'm sticking with Seattle. All right. I have the at Cardinals three. at three, nine and eight. They beat the Niners, get the tiebreaker there. I think, uh, the defense is going to be really exciting this year. And obviously Kyler Murray to D hop is great. Uh, they just lose a couple in division games that they, I, I, w- I won't say they should win because it's, you know, the best division in football, but that's what hurts them in the long run. Similar to the Niners. I think the second place divi- second place team in this division is going to be the 49ers. They have a great defense. They have a decent offense. Uh, and I think it's going to get really good much Trey Lance gets into the game. Uh, I don't know how early we're going to see him. I have a feeling he's going to play a little bit in Detroit over this weekend, just in the way that, I mean, it's the Detroit Lions that they're playing. And, hey, if you're up 10 to 15 or 20 in the fourth quarter, let's, let's give, him a, give him a series. Why not? See how it goes. Uh, and then they put the Eagles next week, too. So, I mean, why not get him in there against that? So 12 and 5 for the Niners and uh, second spot in the division. All right. Uh, the Rams I have at the two spot, also nine and eight, but they win the tiebreaker with the wins over Arizona and San Francisco. Um, I think the defense will play well. Aaron Donald is great. Um, I think we're going to see the real holes here in McVay's system this year. Um, now that Goff is gone, I, I don't think Goff is a better quarterback than Stafford, but he was perfect for the system the way he rolled out. And I don't mm. think that's going to work as well with Matt Stafford. And Cam Akers gone is is huge, too. That's true. 
the number one team in the NFC West for me is the second most complete team in the NFL, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. I have them going 14 and three. I don't, I think they're the third best team in the NFL, but they're the second most complete roster just behind the Bucks. Kansas City is just so, their offense is so good that it doesn't really matter how good their defense is. Uh, so, LA 14 and three. Matt Stafford has a great season and then win the division. All right. I'm going with the Seahawks at the top spot, 12 and five. Um, Russell Wilson just constantly finds ways to win the big games. And there's going to be a lot of them this year for this division. Um, getting Jamal Adams locked up and happy for the first time in four years could be big. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, that's true. I just, I like Seattle. Chris Carson's healthy. They don't have DJ Dallas running back there. All the, which I, I don't, I don't hate DJ Dallas, but there's a big difference there. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Offense is going to score a lot of points. That's definitely true. Uh, you want to get to our playoff teams? Let's go. All right. So you want to do it in the way that we both say are one seeds uh, on both sides, and we'll go to the two seeds, and we'll go All to right. three, and so forth and so forth. Uh, we don't need to talk much about the teams just because we already talked about them. Yeah. Uh, but the one seed in the AFC and the NFC is going to be Kansas City and Los Angeles for me. The Rams, have, that is. Okay. Kansas City and Tampa. The two seeds for me are going to be Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Buffalo and Seattle. The three seeds for me are going to be Buffalo and Green Bay. Cleveland and Green Bay. All right. It's all there. Uh, yeah. The four is going to be Tennessee and Dallas is always the weirdest spot mm. because the four seed is usually always worse than the five seed. Yeah. I have Tennessee and Dallas here too. The five seed is going to be Cleveland and the Niners. New England and the Rams. Six seed, the Raiders and the Seahawks. The Ravens and the Saints. Ooh. The seventh seed running out the the playoffs is going to be the Colts and the Bears. The Colts and the Cardinals. You want to do award predictions now? Sure. Let's go. Uh, let me pull them up on my phone real quick. All right. MVP. Do you want to do MVP first or last? Actually, let's do it first because you right. kind of like MVP. Oh, boy, it's kind of a weird spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so your MVP, Skyler. My MVP first. is going to be Patrick Mahomes. I've been saying it. It's going to be a magical season, possibly records broken. I think Josh Allen is close, but I'm going to give it to Mahomes. Yeah, I'm going Mahomes as well. Records are going to be broken because of the 17th game. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play all 17 because they're going to have the division locked up with four, yeah. four weeks to play. Uh, but Mahomes is my MVP. How about your Opoy? My Opoy, surprising pick here. It's Saquon Barkley, the guy who he's compared to all the time. Adrian Peterson is a recent example of someone who mm-hmm. can come back strong from an injury and have the best season of their career. Yeah, you really only see something like what AP did in like an anomaly situation. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to go based off an anomaly, that's what Saquon Barkley is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like that pick. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think the Opoy is going to be Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to lead the league in receiving uh, because of how good the Chiefs are. I don't think he's going to have the most receptions, maybe not even at his position, but Travis Kelsey is going to have a crazy year for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's going to win Opoy. All right. Depoy. Depoy. I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Over Aaron Donald, I think Miles Garrett has more room for stat padding over there in the NFC North. 
uh, which will help him in the long run. Not uh, trying to diminish him at all. It's just mm. I, I, I acknowledge that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player. I think Miles Garrett will have the most whatever you need sacks, tackles for loss to get this yeah. award. Yeah, most materialistic mm. uh, stat line. Uh, I'm going Aaron Donald, though. I think there's going to be a lot of clips that we see on NFL's Instagrammers, things like that. Aaron Donald just being covered by four different guys. Uh, and trying to get blocked and him just like not caring and just walking through them like they're little children. Uh, so I think the greatest defender in NFL history gets another defensive player of the year. And that's Aaron Donald. All right. On to offensive rookie of the year. All right. My uh, standing predictions say this should be Mac Jones. And if they go 11 and six, it definitely should be Mac Jones, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to take my guy, Zach Wilson. You know, he's got surprisingly not a lot of people realize this. He's got a lot of help on the offense this year. None that the Jets have had in recent memory. And he he'll put up some numbers. OK, we have a weird backfield system. and We're going to be throwing the ball. I think he has some help. I don't think he has a lot of help. I think uh, Corey Davis is good. He's the best uh, receiver in the AFC East. Definitely not true. He's, he's better than Stephon like, Diggs. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we're just going to laugh that one off. Uh, offensive rookie of the year for me is going to be Trey Lance. I think Trey is going to have a great year once he gets starting for San Francisco or Santa Clara, wherever they play. Uh, they played in Arizona last year for a little Buffalo, bit, but maybe <laughs> Trey Lance is my rookie of the year on the offensive side of the ball because of how good the Niners are going to be. On to, on to D Roy. D Roy, I'm going with Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. He's going to be in the middle of that defense uh, that has not a lot of experience. Surprisingly, he will be a leader really quick, and he's going to tackle everybody that comes near him. Everybody, they got to give him the award. I don't think it's too often that we see people in the secondary, especially corners, uh, get defensive rookie of the year just because how big the learning curve is as far as uh, college to, to the NFL, as far as the DBs go. But I think we're going to get J.C. Horn uh, as the defensive rookie of the year because I had the Panthers as somewhat as one of my sleeper teams uh, this year, and they're going to have to have a leader on the defense. I mean, I love Jeremy Chin. I like Brian Burns. I like uh, – the D tackle that they have Brown uh, yep. that they got last year. I think there are a lot of good players, uh, but the best of them all is going to be JC Horn. And he is the defensive rookie of the year on to comeback player of the year. A very right. to choose. Yeah. Uh, Dak is an obvious pick here, but I got to go with Saquon in my scenario. He has a big comeback season. Hence the mm-hmm. comeback player of the year with the Opoy. So he's got to win the comeback player of the year. Yeah, I feel like the default pick here is Dak. Uh, the other guys that I think could be in the running would be like CMC, Saquon, Odell. But for those guys to to get the award, they'd have to have some outrageous season, like some crazy season. And like Skyler said, if yeah. Saquon gets the Opoy, then there's a good chance that he's going to get that comeback player of the year. Uh, I don't think any of those guys are going to have that crazy, crazy year. So Dak is my comeback player of the year. Uh, but right. I also think Dak is going to have a good year for the Cowboys. And that's why they also won the division while being under 500 coach of the year. Uh, I think Andy Reed is an easy pick here. And that's what I originally had, but I'm going to switch this over to Sean McDermott. He was robbed of the award. Last, I mean, I won't say robbed. Stefanski uh, had a great year with uh, Cleveland who has been horrible forever, but uh, my man, Sean McDermott, not my man. I hate him, but uh <laughs> This guy, Sean McDermott, deserves the award this year. If they go 14-3, and three, like I think they will. 
Yeah, that's definitely fair. I'm going Andy Reid as my coach of the year. Uh, I mean, you go 17-0, why should you not just have every player on your team get a big award? And even though he's not a player, he's a coach, uh, he's still going to get a big award. Yeah. Playoff prediction time. All you right. You want to do all AFC first, and we'll get the AFC champion, and then we'll go to the NFC, and then we'll meet him up in the Super Bowl. All right. Sounds good. All right. AFC wild card weekend. The three games that I have is starting off with Indianapolis at Baltimore. And I have Baltimore winning that game. I have the, the Raiders at Buffalo and I have Buffalo winning that game. Uh, and then I have Cleveland at Tennessee and I have Cleveland winning that game. All right. I have three games in the AFC and all three home teams will win. I have Tennessee winning over new England. Cleveland winning over Baltimore and Buffalo winning over Indianapolis. So on, on to the divisional round uh, where Kansas city gets to play their first game since going 17 and 0. they host Cleveland. Mahomes doesn't get hurt this time. I mean, they still won uh, last year, even when Mahomes got hurt, but Kansas city steamrolls Cleveland uh, to the AFC championship. Uh, and then Buffalo uh, goes into Baltimore and they take them down. So it's the Kansas City or Buffalo, Kansas City, Buffalo, AFC championship. All right. I have Cleveland winning at Buffalo and Kansas City beating the Titans. So it's a Cleveland at Kansas City championship game. Solid. Conference championship. I have Buffalo at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Kansas City wins and moves on in the Super Bowl for a third straight year. All right. I have Cleveland upsetting the Chiefs. Cleveland's going to the Super Bowl. That'd be such a meme. So I'm rolling with it. My eyes are staring right at Skyler because I have no clue why he just said that. But I mean, I mean, that's why they play the season, right? Yeah, that's exactly why it's not a sure thing on the NFC side and wildcard weekend. I have Chicago versus Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay just beats the shit out of them. Uh, Seattle at Green Bay. And I know I kind of I said Seattle's just going to be another first round exit, but uh, I'm going with a little psych. Uh, Seattle beats Green Bay last game for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and, and the green and gold. And uh, I think it's just going to be a sad scene uh, when they are walking off the field, knowing it's the last time that they're ever playing together. So Seattle moves on to the divisional round. And I have the Niners at Dallas. That game is going to be ugly for Dallas. Uh, Niners win the game and move on to the divisional round. All right. I have the Rams winning at Dallas, Green Bay winning at home against New Orleans, and Seattle winning at home against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's all. Uh, Divisional round, uh, there's four teams left, uh, and three of them are NFC West teams. Seattle at the number one seeded Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams take them down, and then SF at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay takes them down, and that sets up Mm -hmm. a Tampa Bay – Versus the Rams conference championship. All right. Well, I have Green Bay winning at Seattle and Tampa winning at home against the Rams. That's going to be Green Bay at Tampa for the championship game. Green Bay at Tampa. Okay. Uh, Conference championship time. Tom Brady has a little LA vacation in uh, Mm. the end of January as they go and visit the Rams and they beat the Rams. They move on to the Super Bowl. It's Tampa Bay versus Kansas City for the second straight year. Yeah, I have Tampa Bay taking care of Green Bay easily. Uh, Similar story to yours when Green Bay lost. They, uh, you know, look back at the field one more time, 
Like, damn. Yeah, we could have played the Browns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is flipping off. Good goons, whatever his yeah. name is. Devontae Adams is just thinking about playing with Derek Carr and how great that's going to be the next year. Uh, right? We'll see. <laughs> and the Super Bowl. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay versus Kansas City. Not in Tampa Bay this time because they don't host. I'm not sure who actually hosts the Super Bowl. I think it might be SoFi. It should be. It was supposed to be last year, and they moved it, so it should be this so, year. So, Tampa Bay gets another vacation to L.A., and they get another blowout over Kansas City, and we finally see that Mahomes maker. And uh, Tom Brady, we realize, yeah, Mahomes is good, but he's never going to be Tom Brady. And Tom Brady gets his eighth Super Bowl ring. Yep. Unfortunately, I have another blowout. <laughs> Tampa Bay is going to destroy Cleveland if they play him in the Super Bowl, uh, which is sad, but good it's for like Tommy. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has their kryptonite. I mean, Mahomes has beat uh, Tom Brady before, but I mean, if he beats him in back-to-back Super Bowls, it's kind of going to flip the script. Tom Brady has his kryptonite and Eli Manning. I don't really know how and Mark Sanchez. that works. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, Eli Manning. Is his kryptonite. Eli Manning's kryptonite, though, however, himself? I don't even know. Uh, uh, but that's besides yeah. the point. Tampa Bay is winning the Super Bowl in both of our minds. Let's get to our bets. I think that was a very fun uh, yeah. prediction, though. I did good last week. Uh, I had the White Sox over the Pittsburgh Pirates on Wednesday. That was Carlos Rodon's start, and I think they won six to three. I know they won. I'm just I'm not sure if the score was six to three or not. Uh, Skyler had UNC minus five and a half uh, versus Virginia Tech. That did not happen as Virginia Tech won outright. My bad, guys. It's just week one. We'll get it back. (laughs) Uh, We're on to the betting lines in the NFL. And I have the San Francisco Niners having a minus seven and a half line at Detroit. I like that game uh, for the Niners. I think they're going to blow them out like they do for most bad teams that they play. Mm -hmm. I have Green Bay minus four points at New Orleans. And that's because this game is not at New Orleans. It's in Jacksonville. And I'm going to take Green Bay in a neutral site game. Yeah, I've, I more I than feel four. like it's definitely going to be more of a New Orleans crowd. Also, just because most of the people in New Orleans are already displaced and say, hey, yeah. we're in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, most people in Green Bay don't leave Wisconsin. That's true. Uh, they don't know anything outside of Wisconsin. Uh, our bold predictions were very, very good last week. I don't think we've – this might have been the first time in a long time that we've had our bold predictions both be right. Uh, so I had UCLA taking down number 16 LSU that did happen on Saturday night. And also on Saturday night, Skyler had the George Bulldogs taking down Clemson. And that did happen as we all know. And we've talked about all the way at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Lastly, our bold predictions for this week. I chose an alternate line in the Bucks. Uh, I love those alternate Cowboys lines. game. Uh, just cause the, the line is minus eight right now. And I have the Bucks minus 16, Versus Dallas, that makes it a bold prediction. All right. So I'm going to go with, we talked about this a little earlier. Number 10, Iowa over number nine, Iowa State. You guys know I don't like the AP 25. Uh, I don't think these teams should be nine and 10, um, which, you know, it makes my bold prediction look less bold when it's just number Mm -hmm. 10 beating number nine. But uh, 
Iowa State has been pretty unstoppable at home. I just don't really trust Brock Purdy right now. I love me some Bryce Hall, but Iowa's defense is ridiculous. And uh, you know how it goes in the rivalry games. Anything can happen. Take yeah, Iowa. Iowa, Iowa State, always going to be a fun game. Uh, we've seen a lot of great games in that rivalry last few years. But that's going to do it for episode 52. Uh, our Instagram, Immaculate Sports, Twitter, Immaculate Sports, YouTube, TikTok, Immaculate Sports. Go subscribe, go follow, uh, go do what you got to do. Uh, turn on Twitter notifications because it's about to get hot in this next few weeks here with the NFL season starting up. Oh, yeah. A full in-depth preview that we just gave you on the NFL season. It was super fun. Uh, I mean, Khalil Max, my favorite number 52, going back to our original statement with this being episode 52. Yeah. Episode 53 next That's week. That's the year anniversary. We'll be back with yeah. all the week one news, crazy stuff that happened. Maybe things you yeah. knew were going to happen and they did happen. <laughs> We'll talk about it all. Maybe the opposite. Uh, we're going to look back maybe at some of the things that we had at our headlines last year mm-hmm. uh, for our first episode and maybe see where those things are as far as uh, some predictions or something that we made with that. That's kind of something I'm coming up with now. All right. Uh, but it should be a fun one. Uh, get ready for next Tuesday and get ready for the football season on Sunday. Yes, sir. Go Jets. Deuces.